You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day low actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus welcome to theater geeks anonymous the podcast about broadway flops scandals and new work i'm your host ebony vines and i'm your host pamela shandro don't forget to rate review and subscribe to the theater geeks anonymous podcast on the Broadway Podcast Network and all your favorite podcast listening apps. Thank you. Today they are. They are. Like when I was like, I was crying on the phone with Julie. I was just like, I just had a meltdown, which was, it was necessary because I've been trying to have just like a cathartic cry for a while because I've been so stressed. And so like everything is just so pent up that I was waiting for this release and I couldn't ever find it until I got on the phone with her and I was like, <laughs> and just started crying. But like both of them just flanked me on the couch and like oh. on my left, Sweet Pea on my right. And both of them were just there. And then Sweet Pea occasionally would come up and lick my tears, which oh. I love. I think it's so sweet. And like just the whole day, they've just been super supportive and sweet. <laughs> Oh, that's cute. I know. (laughs) Um, Mental health. Um, Mm -hmm. And self-care is hugely important. Yeah. Hugely important. Um, We're going to talk about something very fantastical today. (laughs) A little known show called Big Fish. (laughs) I'm excited about this because I when you when we were assigning each other these shows and yeah. I was like oh, I'll do Big Fish because I thought I do actually have a friend that was in it but I wasn't mm-hmm. able to get a hold of her in time for this recording but okay. that's okay like if I hear from her I'll post something on Facebook but it's not really necessary there's no real scandals involved in this show okay um <laughs> but going off of my knowledge of the show which is not the Broadway show but watching the movie yes there was a movie in 2003 starring Albert Finney Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not actually going to talk about the movie at all during this recording, but m- my, my recollection was the movie and I just Same. wasn't, I, I don't know. I wasn't stirred by it. You know what I mean? Like it was okay. But mm-hmm. as far as like fantasies go, I, I have a very high expectation. Cause like, that's what I read. The novels that I read are fantasy mm-hmm. science mm-hmm. fiction novels. And so when you go and see a fantasy movie, mm-hmm. I want to see, fantasy i mm-hmm. want to see it live and in living color well in technicolor because technicolor is the best <laughs> um and so i don't know i i don't really remember it incredibly well mm-hmm. i just remember leaving the theater kind of going eh. <laughs> and that's not a good reaction <laughs> hey i i didn't see it in the theater i saw it um 
on television somehow. Okay. Like I might have rented it even maybe. Yeah. I remember seeing it at home. Okay. I I mean, I liked it a lot, but I also don't read fantasy very often. Yeah. Um, or anything. Yeah. And wasn't it a book before it was, it was. a movie? Okay. Yeah, we'll discuss that. Okay. <laughs> uh, in fact, let's just go ahead and dive right in. Let's do it. Get it? <laughs> Think <you can> dive <laughs> right in. <laughs> There's going to be probably a lot of those puns today. <laughs> so Big Fish is a musical with music and lyrics by Andrew Lippa and a book by John August. It's based on oh. Daniel Wallace's 1998 novel, Big Fish, a novel of mythic proportions. And John August. Yeah, the film... He Maker. also wrote the screen. He was writing. I didn't he wrote know he wrote the book too. Yeah. So this okay. is why, so like when I first started doing research, all I was doing at first was pulling up videos of different like interviews and mm -hmm. whatever. And the first thing I noticed was that not only is John August who wrote the screenplay for the movie involved in writing the book for the show, mm -hmm. but also the two original producers, and I have their names a little bit later, um, the two main producers for the movie also produced the Broadway show. So I oh. thought, there's no way they can fail. Like these mm. people know what they're talking about. Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know I should be more skeptical after three <laughs> years. Three, three years of this. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I mean, spoiler, but none of the shows we mention are going to be successful. <laughs> but anyway, but it's also based on what you said, a novel by Daniel Wallace, um, Big Fish, a novel of mythic proportions. And then also the 2003 film, Big Fish, which was, as we just said, written by John August and directed by Tim Burton. Big yeah. Fish revolves around the relationship between Edward Bloom, a traveling salesman, and his adult son, Will, who looks for what is behind his father's tall tales. One of the interviews was really sweet because <laughs> Andrew Lippa was there and he's like, it's a love story. And he was so adamant about it. He was like, it's a love story. It's, it's, a, it's a love story between a father loving his son and a love story about a man loving his wife. And it was just mm -hmm. so sweet the way he was telling the story. But it's absolutely true. Mm -hmm. I think most stories that you'll find are usually about love. Yeah. In whatever sense that form that takes. Right. <laughs> the story shifts between two timelines. In the present day real world, 60 year old Edward Bloom faces his mortality while his son Will prepares to become a father himself. And in the storybook past, Edward ages from a teenager encountering a witch, a giant, a mermaid, and the love of his life, Sandra. The stories meet as Will discovers the secret his father never revealed. There have been a lot of comparisons drawn to the Odyssey, Music Man, and also Wizard of Oz, and mm -hmm. all three of those make perfect sense. Mm -hmm. The musical plot differs from the 2003 film in certain aspects. The mythical town of Spectre uh, and Andrew's quest, or, excuse me, Edward's quest to save it from destruction has actually been folded into Edward's hometown of Ashton. Uh, in the musical, the witch and Jenny Hill are two distinct characters, but in the film, Jenny Hill and the witch were aspects of the same character played by Helena Bonham Carter. Uh, the character of Norther Winslow played by Steve Buscemi in the film doesn't exist in the musical hmm. and neither do some conjoined twins named Ping and Jing. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I remember those are them. That I remembered. Yeah. And obviously the witch too, that plays a huge role. Yeah. Both yeah. In the musical and in the movie. So 
in Wikipedia, they have the entire synopsis act one and act two. Oh, wow. And normally I would just be tempted to copy and paste. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to do that this time because mm-hmm. they're so long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's also difficult because sometimes they're just badly written. And so then I end up having to like rewrite the whole thing. So I have just boiled down a very short synopsis. Good. I like it. <laughs> You're welcome. (laughs) So the synopsis essentially is Edward Bloom is a larger than life character who loves to tell big fish stories. His son, Will, grows up hearing these stories, but as he gets older, he starts to doubt them and doubts that he even knows who his father really is. Will is newly married and discovers he'll be having a son of his own. And with the devastating news that his father has been hiding his cancer from him, but that it has spread and he doesn't have much time left, Will finds it even more important that his questions are truly answered. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. It really, truly is. Beautiful. Anyway, so some of the productions, well, and I'm just going to talk about the Broadway because there have been some other regional productions. I feel like this may be one of those shows that has done better regionally than it did on Broadway. Um, and I didn't, I didn't talk about much of that. There are lots mm-hmm. of different productions that have gone on uh, that will continue to go on because it is such a great story and it's a good story for um for high schools to do because yeah. it's very family friendly mm-hmm. um so this was directed and choreographed by susan stroman mm-hmm. big fish opened in an out-of-town tryout at chicago's oriental theater running from april 2nd to may 5th in 2013 the cast featured Norbert Leo Butts, my love. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. <laughs> Kate Baldwin as Sandra Bloom, mm-hmm. Bobby Stegert as Will Bloom, and Crystal Joy Brown as Josephine, who is married to Will. Okay. With scenic design by Julian Crouch, costume design by William Ivy Long, <laughs> <laughs> lighting by Donald Holder, music direction by Mary Mitchell Campbell, and mm. orchestrations by Larry Hockman. And I just have a quick little story about William Ivy Long, who is this very sweet Southern gentleman, right? And so he's in this interview talking about big fish stories. And he's like, oh, well, honey, I grew up in the South. We tell big fish stories for breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) So cute. Oh, I love him. I just want to squish him. (laughs) I just want to boil him up and eat him. She went down a Hansel and Gretel path there. I know. I <laughs> turned into something a little darker than I <laughs> meant for it to. <laughs> so the musical, as I mentioned kind of previously, the musical was produced by Dan Jinks and Bruce Cohen in association with Stage Entertainment. Those were the producers for Big Fish the movie mm-hmm. in 2003. This Big Fish premiered on Broadway at the Neil Simon Theater on September 5th, 2013 in previews and opened on October 6th, 2013. The musical closed on December 29th, 2013 after 34 previews and 98 regular performances. Mm. On paper, they did everything right. Yeah. And I'll get into this a little bit too, but it, it really kind of boils down to the reviews. <sighs> I know. <laughs> not even like them being bad they're just kind of being a eh. little muddied yeah yeah so the cast and characters included uh Norbert Leo Butts as I mentioned Bobby Steggert as Will 
Kate Baldwin as, as Sandra and Crystal Joy Brown as Josephine. And then you've got young Will played by Zachary Unger and Anthony Pierney. Mm. Carl played by Ryan Andes. Amos Calloway played by Brad Oscar. Don oh. Price. I know, I know. Another boy just wanted to squeeze his cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> Don Price played by Ben Crawford. The Witch. Now, I had to mention both of these. This is all the Broadway cast, but I did have to mention that The Witch in the Chicago tryout was mm-hmm. played by Katie Thompson, whom I love. <laughs> love her. But, and I'm sure that this other woman is great. I just don't know her very well. Um, the Witch on Broadway was played by Ciara Renee. And then Jenny, <gasps> who she was, okay, okay. I've seen her several times. Yeah. She, Took over for um, Patina Miller as the leading player. Okay. She was about to play Elsa in Frozen. Oh, that's right. Yes. That is where, okay, I recognize the name, but literally yes. was like, I don't know. I don't know her. I don't know. Oh, thank you. Okay, good. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the role of Jenny Hill was played by Kristen Scott or Kirsten Scott. Kirsten? I think it's Kirsten moving on oh there's some more roles I just had to change the page (laughs) girl in the water who I imagine is supposed to be the mermaid played by Sarah Strimmel Dr. Bennett J.C. Montgomery Zachy Price was played by Alex Brightman the mayor was Tally Sessions and Fisherman was played by Carrie Tedder critical response so there is a lot listed here for critical mm-hmm. response. And I'm not going to cite my sources because they are all listed before each of these little excerpts. Mm-hmm. Um, so the out of town reviews for Big Fish were positive. Variety called it a wholly satisfying show, meaningful, emotional, tasteful, theatrically imaginative, and engaging, and concluded that by taking Edward's tales as the jumping off point for the theatricality of production numbers, Mm -hmm. the show makes a case for the musical form itself as a means of privileging imagination over ordinariness. Mm -hmm. The show does have a target audience after all, and it's those who love musicals. And I thought that was so brilliant because it's so true. It's all Broadway theater is all about imagination. Yeah. Chris Jones of the Chicago Tribune wrote in the best moments, you feel like you're watching something deep and powerful sourced by a work of fine literature propelled into awareness by a potent film. And most crucially of all, a story that makes us feel we can control, if not transcend the story of the end of our lives. Mm. Reviews were mixed once the show moved to Broadway. Upon seeing the show again after its move to New York, Jones from the Chicago Tribune commented on the changes. Mm. This final Broadway version of Big Fish has changed considerably and improved in leaps and bounds Mm. from the version that audiences saw in Chicago, especially in the radically different first act with the indefatigable, deeply engaged and seemingly irreplaceable Norbert Leo Butts driving Mm -hmm. its storytelling and willing the show's crucial emotional subtext into being by sheer force of talent and will, Big Fish arrives on Broadway as an earnest, family-friendly, heartwarming and mostly, mostly successful new American musical. I love that. I think you don't don't read reviews like that. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's just lovely. I'm so curious, like, what happened? No. So despite the quality production values, and I'm going to butcher his last name, mm-hmm. Joe Jamanowicz of the New York Daily News. It starts with DZ next to each other, so you know mm-hmm. it's going to be difficult to say. 
but I hope I did it justice. Um, he's of the New York Daily News. He felt that Susan Stroman's dances were pedestrian, mm -hmm. writing Big Fish is a singing version of catch and release. It hooks you, then loses you all night. <laughs> and I have to actually say that I kind of agree watching some of the videos and none of the videos were full versions of the show, but they were enough that you saw, you know, you saw enough of the production numbers to kind of get an idea of what they were. And I am not sure that I saw anything dance wise that really excited me. Okay. So, but again, I didn't see the whole show. I right. saw little tiny excerpts from right, it. Right. So mm -hmm. Ben Brantley of mm -hmm. the New York Times wrote, here though, director Susan Stroman seems to be drawing almost randomly from her bottomless bag of tricks. Yes, her use of dancers to embody an enchanted forest and a campfire is delightful. And it's hard not to chuckle when those two-stepping elephants make a cameo appearance. Mm -hmm. But if the show is all about the need for personal myths, it has, to, it has to let its leading myth maker take charge. Elissa Gardner of USA Today agreed. She says, somehow though, the effect isn't as dazzling or as moving as you would hope, particularly given the talented players involved in this production. In the end though, this big fish lacks the imagination or cohesion to reel you in like one of its heroes yarns. Tom Geller of Entertainment Weekly had a more positive take on those same aspects. He writes, it's no spoiler to say that imagination wins out, particularly in director choreography or choreographer Susan Stroman's visually lavish production, which boasts dancing circus elephants, a mermaid who pops up out of the orchestra pit, and tree trunks that ingeniously morph into a coven of witches. Don Holder's lighting, William Ivy Long's costumes, and Benjamin Piercy's projections are often wondrous to behold. For the most part, though, Big Fish finds theatrically inventive ways to reel audiences into its central love story. In this case, it isn't Boy Meets Girl, but Father Hook's son, and Edward Bloom is quite a catch. Michael Dale of BroadwayWorld.com praised its clean humor. This is the one I love, and this is the one that tells me that it's appropriate for all ages right. to perform now. Mm-hmm. Wholesomeness gets a bad rap on Broadway these days, usually regarded as the kind of unbearably sweet and inoffensive entertainment that sophisticated theater goers must endure while taking their conservative grandmas out for a night on the town. But Big Fish, the new musical that tattoos its heart on its arm, displays no fear in plopping its unabashed wholesomeness right in your lap. Its spirit is steeped in Rodgers and Hammerstein decency that propels an evening that's adventurous, romantic, and yeah, kind of hip. <laughs> Bud's performance, however, has been almost universally praised. Mm -hmm. Jeremy Gerard of Bloomberg wrote, this part is custom made for Norbert Leo Butts, who hasn't had such a meaty role since Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. His ingratiating singing and dancing bespeak the rare man comfortable in his own skin. And he has that indefinable charismatic spark that defines a star. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> you know what songs were cut? Like what scenes and songs were cut? Did they? Did, there um, were two songs that were listed to be cut. I didn't write it in here because <laughs> there was no context for it. So like, um, I think you can find that actually on Wikipedia. Um, they do have a list of all of the songs. And I think at the end, there are two different numbers that were cut. One that was Norbert Leo Butt's song. And then the other one was Kate Baldwin's song. Um, 
but it, there, it's hard to kind of talk about the actual music in there because there's really no context. I mean, there is context for it within the show, obviously, mm-hmm. but just in kind of speaking about it. Um, a variety reviewer, Marilyn Stasio, also wrote that Nor- Norbert Leo Butts is cutting loose in another one of his don't dare miss this perfs in Big Fish. <laughs> A show that speaks to anyone pining for the studiously heartwarming musical about the efforts of a dying man to justify a lifetime of lousy parenting to his alienated son. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's interesting because I read that and I was like, wait a minute. Was he a bad father? Because I didn't remember thinking that from Mm -hmm. watching the movie. But then I kind of was reading through the synopsis again. And so basically... I mean, Norbert Leo Butt's character, Edward Bloom, is this traveling salesman who really enjoys his work to the point where he's just always traveling. Mm-hmm. He likes meeting new people. He likes telling stories. He, you know, he likes that kind of aspect of his life, but it's also to the detriment of the relationship that he has with his son, which as his son grows older, becomes much more distant. Mm-hmm. And so essentially what's happening is that at the end of Edward's life, he has this cancer that's now been, that's spread throughout his body. There's no hope for him anymore. He is dying. His son, who is now also expecting his own son, wants to find out what those stories actually mean. Are they true stories? Are they based in some reality? Where are they coming from? And his wife, Josephine, actually says, you know, look to what the moral of the story is, and then you'll know your father. Mm -hmm. And that's very true. Like, if you look at any of the fables that we read as kids, there is this moral at the end of the story, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what the story is about. So, you know, um, the scorpion and the frog. Uh, the frog is asked by the scorpion to take him across the river, but the frog is like, no, you're going to sting me. That's what scorpions do. And the scorpion is like, no, I promise if I sting you, then we'll both drown. So of course I'm not going to sting you. Mm -hmm. So the, the frog, you know, says, okay, well, that's fine. You're right. We'll both die. So you wouldn't ever do that. That's silly. So they get halfway through the river, the scorpion stings the frog. And as they're both drowning, the frog goes, why did you do that? You knew we were both going to die. And the Mm -hmm. scorpion basically says, I can't change my nature. That's who I am. So the moral of the story being, you know, if it's someone, someone is trying to tell you that they're finally trustworthy, maybe you should take that with a grain of salt, right? <laughs> yeah. But so the stories that Edward tells throughout this experience, you know, and the giant story, I think is the one that we remember the most from the movie. Um, but it's also the one that kind of plays out in the Broadway musical most as well. Like that's the biggest one that you remember. No Mm. pun intended. (laughs) Giant, big, anyway. (laughs) We haven't done giant yet. No, that's true. It's on the Mm. list, I think, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But so uh, the story goes, or the story as Edward tells it is that he goes to visit the town of Ashton, which is his hometown. And the entire town is, fighting against a giant who's trying to destroy the town. And 
uh, Edward is asked to come and help them because he has a relationship with the giant. He knows that for whatever reason, he knows that the giant isn't going to hurt him because he did some good deed for him, you know, years and years ago. So he goes to the giant who lives in the cave and he says, Hey, what's your name? And the giant's like, Carl. (laughs) He's like, so Carl, um, you know, my, friends and my family they all live here in, in Ashton and they don't want you to destroy the city and the Carl is basically like well I'm going to anyway but what I'll do is I'll give you the resources that you need to move your friends and family to another place that they can live and and live happily but what the actual real story is is that he goes to home to visit his hometown which is going to be flooded by you know these rich people who used to live there but now they don't want to you know they just want to drown it for for a flooded out for whatever reason because mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna get richer by it so these you know these rich men are the giant and because edward knows them from when they all went to school together he knows that he can speak to them and maybe make some progress so edward goes on behalf of the town to go speak to the giant his friends mm-hmm. the rich men that are going to flood the city mm-hmm. say hey listen um if you flood the city, my friends and family are going to be, you know, tough, tough out of luck. Uh, and so they're like, Hey, listen, because you're such a great guy. And because we have this past relationship, um, we'll give you the money necessary to move your friends and family to another town, but we still do need to, we need to flood Ashton. So, but they're also like, you know what, um, community isn't the town community is the people. So Mm -hmm. as long as you all move together, you're still going to be a community. And that is what saves the day. Right. Mm -hmm. So, it isn't necessarily as much of a tall tale or a big fish story as mm-hmm. they're leading them to believe because it really does like it's 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 on a smaller scale like it's right. certainly not a real giant and it's certainly not that you know like they're not all in danger of of dying they're just in danger of losing their town but that's the kind of story that will the sun finds out along the way mm-hmm. but it's all has to kind of be done behind edward's back because edward still wants to believe these these big stories that he's telling he still wants you to believe these big stories that he's telling you um and even though there's nothing bad about the real version for whatever reason that's you know edward wants you to believe what he told you instead but also in finding out what it was, what the background story was, Will discovers who his father actually is. Mm -hmm. And and that although he is not, you know, this, this fantastic character that he wanted to portray, there is still more to him than Will initially thought. And so that was kind of, that's the kind of coming of age story, not coming of age, but that's the kind of love story that's at play. There's also a great love story between Sandra and, and Edward. Sandra Mm -hmm. is Edward's wife played Mm -hmm. by Kate Baldwin, you know, because we see them as teenagers when they meet. And like, there's a story that, um, that, that Edward goes to audition for a circus or to take his friend to audition for a circus and sees three girls that are singing a song also auditioning for the circus but falls in love with sandra but because he doesn't know her he asks the ringmaster who says i'll give you a secret for the amount of for like every month that you work for me Mm -hmm. but the secrets are like she likes dancing and you know she you know she has red hair or whatever it is you know what i mean so 
Like he works for the circus for three years to finally get her name and where she's going to college. And he's shot through a cannon to go to Auburn University, which is where she's going. And she, he meets her and they decide to get married. So like it's, but, but it also, you know, with this kind of big fish story, it tells you how much Edward truly loved Sandra. Yeah. Like how much like he just reveled in her anywho did so, you and mcgregor play will in the movie i feel like that's i feel like i've been seeing a trailer recently for for big fish and i feel like he played well i mean that could be mm-hmm. i feel like it was someone like that mm-hmm. yeah maybe um, I mean, honestly, I don't remember anybody else besides Albert Finney from that movie. <laughs> and Albert Finney is just the eyebrows. So <laughs> rest his soul. I know. So the next part of my um, paper writes, why? <laughs> yeah. Why did there's no reason why it shouldn't have succeeded? I feel like, you know, yeah, the reviews may have been just a little bit muddy, but they weren't them... that it wasn't like it was a total pan. Mm-mm, it wasn't at all. It was all kind of like, it was really great. It was, mm-hmm. it was beautifully told. It was beautiful performed. It's wholesome. We, you know, it was really great. It, you know, it, it made itself better from the out of town, like all of that stuff. So you think if it's all positive, why? Uh, it was directed by and choreographed by a five-time Tony Award winner, Susan Stroman. Mm-hmm. The show drew mixed reviews and has seen its box office slip. Oh, this is from a, an article Mm-hmm. that I read about why and I didn't write the name down I'm sorry <laughs> um but essentially so the show drew mixed reviews and has seen the box office slip in recent weeks and as initial curiosity from the diehard musical fans subsided and the pot of advanced ticket sales diminished they kind of had to make a decision and the show's grosses for the week ending November 3rd fell to a still respectable 647,165 mm-hmm. averaging about 69% capacity. However, I've seen shows stay open for weeks in yeah. the 300 grand range. Listen, and I knew their I operating budget was more than that. It's so true. And you like, you just kind of wish that they can make it like you're heading mm-hmm. into, the, into the holidays. So I'm sure they're thinking, you know, we can pick this up at Thanksgiving and Christmas and maybe make it through January. But with the downward trend in place, it made sense for the producers to pull the plug. So at the end of December, giving them the potential benefit of Thanksgiving through Christmas box office bounty, um, without having to endure that, that January freeze, mm-hmm. they decided to go ahead and close. So they closed on December 29th of 2013. Also what's kind of tragic mm-hmm. is that 2014 Tony award nominations snubbed them entirely. They got not one single nomination, oh. not even Norbert Leo Butts. Isn't that crazy? And That's I tried crazy. to find out why. There's nothing. I mean, there's articles about, you know, snubs and, you know, whatever, but nothing is like truly listed about what the reasoning behind it was. What else was open that year, 2014? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me and I just, (laughs) I shut down that page, but let me find it again because it was just open a second ago. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm so curious, you know, what, 
what else was there that would have pushed it out? Cause maybe that was a strong year. It was a strong year. I, I can remember like bullets over Broadway mm-hmm. was up, but uh, that didn't, that didn't, didn't do, do well great either. at the box office. Rocky was another one that didn't do that, great. No, that was either. a flop too. If then, uh, only yeah. survived because of Adina. Right. Um, the Brian Cranston play all the way. Yeah. That, that did get a lot of nominations that did. Um, let me see if I can find more forever. Oh, side note. Yeah. Okay. All the way got a ton of nominations, but, um, the, the great society, which is like the sequel to that, that came no Tony nominations this year. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, first date was that year. That didn't also didn't see, last long. No, it didn't. Soul Doctor didn't last long. Wow. Uh, Glass Menagerie. That's the Cherry Cherry Jones one with Celia yeah. Keenan Bolger. Mm-hmm. And um, forget Zachary's last name. Let me see if I can find it. Quinto. Yes, thank you. He that was another person listed as having been snubbed for the Tony Awards as well. Um, A Night with Janis Joplin. Winslow Boy, A Time to Kill, The Snow Geese, After Midnight, yeah, yeah. Uh, Twelfth Night, and Richard III, which were also snubbed, and they had um, Patrick, or, um, oh wait, am I thinking, no, no, I'm sorry, that one was uh, Mark Rylance, so he did get a Tony Award he won, I think that, no, he won for something else, but then was, all, I don't remember. Stop. Yeah, quoting. no, he, he, <laughs> well, I think he'd won for Jerusalem a few years prior. Yes. Okay. And then he also won again for a play that I saw, um, the, a few years after Okay. I can't, he, he's Bowie. playing a King. Oh, actually I wasn't thinking of Boeing. Oh. Boeing. I was thinking of one where he, I can't remember the name of it, uh, okay. but he's playing a king who's having trouble sleeping. It's based on a true story. Oh, and there were these singers of the time um, that uh, they're called a. <sighs> well, it's a, it's a spin on the word castration. It is. Oh, um, castrati. Yes. And so that's what that play it was a play with music. And so I believe he won for that as well. Okay. But I didn't even think of Boeing Boeing. You're right. Yeah. He was probably at least nominated for Boeing. Did he win for Boeing Boeing? I think Do you so? Okay. I think so, yeah. But I, um, I think he won. Jerusalem was a play as I well. I saw it. I saw him in it. It was spectacular. That's what I've heard. It was spectacular. <laughs> that was because I don't usually go to plays. Mm-hmm. But I but that play was really oh, it was so good. <laughs> I still remember, like there are some, there are visual, I've got visual memories from seeing that. Jonathan Groff was in it or no, um, not Jonathan Groff. The other, the lead actor that won the Tony award for spring awakening. I can't remember his name right now. Oh shoot. I'll come back to it. But um, gentleman's guide was what won the 2014 season. Okay. Which was amazing. I got to see that too. And it was very, very good. Beautiful was on that year. Um, that, Bridges you know, of Madison County. There oh, were yeah. I was a saying, lot of shows that year that did not find an audience. No, they didn't, and I think rightfully so in some of those instances. Bridges of Madison County being one of them. It was. I didn't see it. 
I know you just love JRB and you also love you. I was so disappointed <laughs> because every song was the same. They were, it was the same melody. It was the same idea. It was the same metronome. It was, it was, every song was exactly the same in that show. And I was just like, what are, what's the story even? I don't even know. She's having an affair. Great. I don't get the, I don't get it. Rocky was the same. It was like Rocky wasn't at all interesting until you got to the very end. And then mm-hmm. your stage suddenly started moving out and then creating this enormous, like that was the biggest part of the whole show. And you had to wait two and a half hours to get there. It's like the gorilla in King Kong. Yeah. <laughs> but even that was like, at least it came back. Like at yeah. least you saw it and then it came back later and then it came back later. Like that was really kind of an interesting thing to watch, but it was also the only kind of interesting thing about <laughs> the whole show. But yeah, like that season now that I'm reading all of the things on, I'm like that. And they did the lame is um, one of the lame is revivals revivals as well. Mm-hmm. I've got to say that season is kind of meh <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. It's wild. There's a lot, a lot of shows that did not find an audience. Mm. All of the musicals. Yeah. Um, Lady day was that year with oh, Audrey that, McDonald that of mice good. and men was that year act one at, uh, at, um, oh, I wish I had seen that. No, oh, my too. word. Violet was on that year, too, which oh, that, that was sweet, really too. I mm-hmm. really liked that. And then uh, the Cripple of Inishment with Daniel Radcliffe mm-hmm. was that year as well. So that year was was full of new material. Yeah. It just. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was, yeah. That's like a rapid fire year. Show know, opens, it's... closes. Show <laughs> opens, closes. Show opens, closes. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that um, although they didn't get any Tony awards, they did get some drama desk awards uh, mm-hmm. and nominations and um, they didn't win any of them, but they were all nominated. So um, Bobby Stegert was nominated as best featured actor or outstanding mm-hmm. feature- featured actor, the outstanding orchestrations by Larry Hockman and also outstanding music by Andrew Lippa. Mm-hmm. So they were, you know, recognized a little bit at least, yeah. but yeah, yeah, it's, it is interesting. It's like, what, what about these shows didn't find their audiences? Yeah. Cause yeah. I, like I said, at the very beginning, like on paper, this should absolutely have been a success. Right. Right. So whether it was the timing, whether it was that there were just so many other options at yeah. that time. And that could be too. Cause I remember that year was the year that I left wicked. Mm-hmm in 2013, uh, yeah, 13 and 14 was the year that I left Wicked. And I made plans with my friend Cassie, who was in the show Wicked with me mm-hmm. to do half price Broadway tickets. Mm-hmm. So we went, we would go together, but we would go to like five different shows. Cause you could get, you know, we could all you, you buy one ticket, basically the price of one ticket for both of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we would see these shows. So we went to see uh, gentleman's guide. We saw bridges of Madison County. Um, I saw Rocky with another friend, uh, what else did we see that year? Oh, shoot. Now it's like, but the choices were endless. Yeah, it's a lot. So we were going down the list and you're like, I don't know, like we have to narrow it down to five. Ah, it's so, it was so hard. Yeah. So I can only imagine if you're a family of four coming to visit New York city for one mm-hmm. week mm-hmm. and you've got enough money to see maybe one or two shows, how do you choose? And so you kind of have to go by what, you know, and what you would be most interested in. But you but you would think like Big Fish would be that, right? It's a, it was a movie. 
Yeah, but everybody it, knew it was family friendly. It was family friendly, but it wasn't geared toward children. Oh. So do you know what I mean? It's yeah, so it's yeah. like, you know, I, I felt, and I was in my twenties at the time. <laughs> no, I was, I don't know how old I was. In seven, no, it was only, it was only <laughs> seven years ago. You're okay. still in your thirties. So yeah. Like I was in my twenties. No, seven years ago. The movie. 2003. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought you when I went to see the movie, I was in my twenties and I was born this year. So I can only imagine that a child would have been too, because there just wasn't enough. There wasn't enough imagination to keep a child's interest. Mm -hmm. It Mm -hmm. might've been, you know, for, you know, I think my dad really liked it, but I don't know. But anyway, it's, it was one of those. So like a kid wouldn't be like, Oh, big fish. Let's go see that. They're going to want to go see something that they recognize. Right. Like the lion King. Yeah. Am I Sorry, I was wondering if Mary Poppins was also open still. Hmm, interesting. I don't know, but I can look it up presently. I'm just thinking like the family, if, yeah. if you're talking, you know, the family friendly aspect. Aladdin of that. was open, I think. Oh, okay. So that would have been, you know, they certainly would have um, split the vote there. Yeah. <laughs> Mary Poppins Broadway. And just for ticket sales, because it opened, it opened way before that. But but I wondered if it was still. I I feel like oh there no, three... actually they were they closed in March of two thousand thirteen. So it's the beginning th- of that Tony season. Because I was like I thought there were at one point three Disney shows. Yes. So it was like Mary Poppins, Aladdin, Aladdin and, Lion and the Lion King. King. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You are correct. oh well that's sad no it really is but I'm glad it has a regional life totally yeah and there are lots of fun videos to watch on YouTube I feel like some you know sometimes the more contemporary shows can really bite you in the butt because you can't find any information on them at all but then you know conversely then you're finding so much of a social media imprint on you know, some, uh, on the more contemporary shows, because right. that's all they're, you know, that's all they can do is like get on social media to advertise and, and find an audience that way. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Right. Cause we like the show I did the first, you don't, it's 1981. Yeah. <laughs> but there was a lot of, there was like books. It, it gave enough time to where you had books that were written to, you know, and so can pull yeah. from that, but yeah. Um, well, Thanks, friends, for listening. Thank you, and (laughs) goodbye. Bye. (laughs) Thank you for listening to our podcast, Theater Geeks Anonymous. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at T-G-A-B-Way and on Facebook at Theater Geeks Anonymous. And if you want to tell us how much you love us or you have a great story about one of the shows we've talked about, Drop us a note at TGABWAY at gmail.com. Until Until next time, time, geeks. geeks. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org, because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.